Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, Tuesday night. October 18th, 2016. Frank Arone here. Got the Arone Sports Podcast, NFL Week 7. And uh, this week we're going to look back at Week 6, see what conclusions me and Rob drew, look ahead to Week 7, and uh, go game by game, see where we see some value, see where uh, we don't see any. And then we're going to do a little uh, concept corner here <clears throat> later in the podcast. We're going to talk about um, overreactions and just general inefficiencies, where inefficiencies in the market can sometimes come from. And then finally in the podcast, we're going to give our uh, picks of the week. So stay tuned for the end of that. But uh, first here, we'll call up rob here in vegas and check in with him and so how are you doing rob i'm doing pretty good uh not a beautiful day here in vegas just got off the golf course again so i can't argue with that how'd you Stripping hit him around as usual uh not too bad i had a triple but it's about a couple over so what are you gonna do yeah but um yeah so anyway yeah it was a little really windy last weekend so i didn't get a whole lot of golfing over the weekend which just kind of sucked but Nice day today, so that's good, and, uh, you know, scraping around with the handicap as usual, but, um, yeah. Uh, hopefully your picks weren't too windy last week. How'd you end up doing last weekend? <laughs> no, I think I, uh, I think I kept the, the, the sail, uh, ship pretty steady. So, um, yeah, last weekend was a pretty good week. Went 3-0 on my plays. Um, yeah, nothing, uh, I don't know, nothing too crazy. I was on the public side there on that Atlanta game and kind of got some steam steam there late from six and a half to seven. I did get a seven myself personally, but obviously that game, uh, Atlanta almost should have won out right there. That one questionable call there at the end of the game with on Sherman with the no call for the PI. So that was one of my games and, you know, whatever. Uh, had that, that total that I liked uh, for the under in the Pittsburgh for my AS pick of the week that was a little bit deceiving, which we can talk about once it gets there. And I also had that LA over. So got all, all of them home and not uh, not too bad of a start here to the 2016 uh, season here. That's good. Yeah, I, uh, I had a pretty solid weekend as well. I got uh, fortunate there to get a, a push out of my pick of the week with Houston. That was uh, about as fortunate as it gets on a push. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to hear a lot more complaining from you for a couple of weeks. Oh, I, I don't even think that comes close to evening out that Bears disaster from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's but, a good point. But, uh, you know, I'll not uh it's not how it's whether it gets there or not so i'll take the uh at least for the one week time you know in the long run it's uh not not good to get them the wrong way but for uh for one week i'll i'll take my push and 
and learn from it and, and move on to the next week. But uh, overall, yes. I had a pretty solid week. I went two, two, one, and one on my official releases, so it uh, wasn't too bad. My two, two plays that I released in the morning, um, a Sunday morning, uh, both were what I thought were overreactions to the market, and the moves are just a little bit too far. So I came back and uh, took what I thought was some value on the other sides, and those both went two and all. So uh, I feel pretty good about that, and uh, it's nice to you know, be able to attack the markets right at open when you think there's some weak numbers uh, by the odds makers. And then it's also, you know, nice and uh, beneficial to attack the markets there on Sunday morning when you think uh, it moves too far in one direction and it's not totally warranted. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it looks we're both strapping up a pretty good season so far here for NFL. looks like just from the picks page, Frank's now at 60% for the season. Uh, I'm at 13-6, and six, uh, just under 70% and 60% overall. I uh, just, just, just got into the 60% range this weekend, actually, for my uh, 2015 and 2016 campaign. So, uh, you know, 80, 80 and 53, that's total up 32 units. So hopefully to keep it going here this week and, uh, hopefully, you know, Maybe we can keep keep it rolling for the weekend. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, without further ado, let's just uh, jump into week seven here and and uh, see what we're thinking about this card. So, first of all, who who are the buys this week? Yeah, the buys uh, Dallas and Carolina looks like. It's got okay. the Cowboys and the Panthers. All right. Uh, yeah, just briefly look over them. Pretty impressed with Dallas. Obviously, beating Green Bay and then Carolina. Um, I don't, I don't know what to make of them. I can't, you know, it's hard to imagine their records as bad as they are, and their defense is particularly as bad as it is. But uh, I don't know. Do you have any opinions on either of those teams? Well, I was going to say there's a lot of sharp money, pretty much toward, you know, not really early in the week, but more towards the end of the week and before kickoff, really, on Green Bay. You know, laying, you know, anywhere from four to I think it got all the way all the way up to six, I believe, before kick right before kickoff against Dallas, and I never really agreed with that a whole lot. Um, I just, uh, I guess I'm just lower on this Packers team. I think now maybe they're coming down to earth a little bit. They just haven't looked really right all year, and obviously the Dallas teams maybe they didn't think it was a bad spot for them and everything, which I can see that, but I think it's little little too much respect there for for Green Bay. Um, but yeah, with Carolina that was just an absolute shootout there in the with the Saints and. Uh, Saints were pretty much winning the whole game by a pretty comfortable margin. The uh, Panthers came back and made it interesting towards the end. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, when, most people won't expect them to be, what, are they 1-5 now? Yeah, yep. It's crazy. So, But, yeah, other than that, I don't have a whole lot. We'll see how they come off the buys. Yep, absolutely. So the first game here we got is a, a Thursday night affair. A uh, little division rivalry here with uh, the Bears at the Packers. Um, and this one, I guessed the Packers minus eight and a half. What, uh, what was your guess on this one? Yep, I'm with you there. Exact same. I had the the, the old pack at eight and a half as well. Um, I powered this game at the Packers minus seven. Uh, and then the, the, the game had to open right at eight and a half where we, where we had it from the Westgate. And the look ahead from the week before was uh, Green Bay minus ten. So that double digits there is what they had. So obviously they adjusted uh, accordingly. Um, we'd see a little bit of money here for Chicago. I'm seeing some seven and a half on my screen and some eights. So I think it's getting closer to where I think this game should be. Um, I don't know. This is a another Thursday night game, which obviously, like we said, all all year long here on the pod, 
not not a big fan of those. But uh, on top of that, I, even if it wasn't a Thursday night game or anything, it's just not a game I really want. I don't I don't trust Green Bay laying a big number like this, but I also don't trust Chicago a whole lot. Uh, they're just so flaky. Their stats look you know halfway decent on paper, but they just can't convert it to points. So I don't know. Uh, I'm just you know pretty easy stay away for me. Yeah, I I agree to some extent, but uh, I mean now the Thursday night game you know, scares a little bit because it's I don't like taking um, teams not teams that I don't totally trust on the road uh, on the short week like this when you got that quick turnaround and uh, but it does seem like quite a few points to me at you know seven and a half eight somewhere in there so if you look at the Bears, since Hoyer has been quarterback, they lost to the Cowboys um, that first week. He started at week three by fourteen, which they could have. They, I remember the back door was open there at the end because I had him plus. I think it was seven and a half or something, and uh, they could have very easily got there. And then the Lions, they beat the next week pretty handily. Then even though they got shafted against the cover with that Colts two weeks ago, they still only lost by six. And last week they jumped out on the Jags and tried to hang on for dear life and ended up losing by one. So, I mean, even though they're not really winning a lot of games, they're not really losing by a margin. And on the flip side, the Packers really haven't been winning by a margin either. They, You know, they lost last week pretty handily to the Cowboys. They snuck by the Giants by seven, You know, even though they were kind of, you know, somewhat dominating that game. They still won by seven. The Lions, they jumped out of that huge lead and still only won by seven. They lost to the Vikings, and then they barely beat the Jags on the road by four week one. So, I mean, I, I see where the, why the Lions ate, but based on what we've seen from both teams this year, that you know that kind of margin just it really isn't that warranted. So that's uh, basically if you're betting on the on the Packers to cover the eight, you're really not betting on anything that's really happened so far this season. So I understand why the line's that high, but I definitely think it's a you know at least a point or two too high here. So I think you're getting a little bit of value on the Bears. It's just a matter of whether you can, you know muster up the courage to to back them with any kind of confidence yeah um i i think this is just a perfect spot where green bay you know they have every, all week you're gonna hear oh what's wrong with green bay what's wrong with rogers and then you know, it's gonna be a perfect time kind of like they do with detroit uh, more in the first half because they it did end in seven but they dominated detroit the whole first half just crushed them or whatever it was 28 to 3 or 20, whatever huge margin so i could see it you know coming out like wildfire again and went went to Gonna completely shock me, but yeah, obviously it has quite a bit of points, and this Packers team I don't think warrants laying this many points. But I know there's not gonna be a whole lot of people back in Chicago either. Yeah, I agree with that. The uh, my, my one counter to that would be I ended up last week uh, on a personal level betting a, a Packers first half basically by the first logic or by the same logic that they're you know hearing about how they weren't that impressive and. Dallas is so great and everything. I figured they were going to come out pretty strong last week, which I know you mentioned earlier, there was quite a bit of sharp money on the Packers. So, and then of course, you know, they ended up not looking great at all. Just, and we've continued to hear what's wrong with Rogers, what's wrong with the Packers. So, I mean, maybe they're just one of those deals where we're going to be hearing that for the next, you know, five, six weeks or the whole season or whatever. And people are still going to give them a lot of credit because they're the Packers and they got this great offense and, they're really not going to be right for a while, and you're going to get a decent amount of value just betting against them over and over again. Not saying that's for sure the case, but I could potentially see that being the case. And if the only really logic for betting on the Packers or not taking Chicago is, oh, they might come out here and blow them out because we've been hearing how bad they've been, you know, maybe that's not quite justified, and there is a little bit of you know reason to take the Bears here. 
So I don't know if I will get involved just because of the Thursday night, you know, situation and whatnot. But um, I'm feeling fairly strong about the Bears here going into this one. At least keep it close. Okay, yeah. The one thing I want to say, I think Dallas defense is a lot more impressive than what people expect. Uh, it's, I don't obviously Prescott and Zeke Elliott get a lot of the credit, but I think their defense has been playing, you know, played pretty good, especially against them. Uh, we're obviously Detroit and Chicago. Uh, the defense is, is something that Green Bay could take advantage of. But, no, I, I definitely hear you, though, too. And I also want to say uh, real quick that the total did get steamed down earlier this, uh, I guess, yesterday from about 47, and I'm seeing some 45 and a half or 46s, which I do agree with. I think right that's probably where about it should be. You're not believing? I know Brian Hoyer, I think, is second in the league in quarterback rate, and you're not a big believer in uh, the high-power Bears <laughs> offense, keeping that total up there? yeah. <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so, all right. Um, we'll move on to Sunday here. Uh, there's a – got an early game again, another London game at uh, 930 Eastern. So make Can't sure wait. you – Yeah, make sure you set your alarms to get your fantasy lineups in, your bets in, all, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, we got the Giants at the Rams in this one. And my guess on this one was the Giants minus one in London. What did you have for that one, Rob? Yeah, this is one we talked about on the phone uh, on Sunday after the Lions came out. I, I called you, and I had, I had this game at a pick, and uh, that's my power rating, and my guess was a pick, and uh, I think we were both kind of shocked when the we saw Giants at three. That's what it opened at, and the look ahead was Giants by two and a half. Uh, so that's what, you know, right there, they got to justify half a point to that key number of three uh, from last week's performances between these two teams. It's just... The Giants didn't really do much to impress me against that really shaky Baltimore team that kind of got lucky there at the end. I mean, Baltimore got lucky to get in the position where they were, then the Giants kind of got lucky back. It was just kind of a crapshoot type of game. That's why I didn't want to get involved. But the Rams definitely impressed me more last week than they did than the Giants did. Um, and like I said, I think this is just a little too high. So I did actually already have to put a play in, official release on our own sports on my page uh, at the Rams. I think I put it at plus three, minus 120, although I did get it at 110 myself. But now, now I'm looking like I'm seeing – uh, a lot of two and a halves with juice, or there are still some threes out there with ju- uh, juice towards the Rams. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if this gets down to the two, two and a half range by kickoff. Yeah, I've, uh, like you said, I, uh, I like the Rams here as well. Um, if you can get, if it ever gets to a flat three, I think it's an absolute buy, like like you bought it at, where you have the minus one ten juice, and even at uh, getting the three points, laying one twenty, I still think it's a pretty solid bet, and it still looks like there's plenty of those out there. So, I mean, the Rams, by all rights, could have won very easily last week against Detroit, you know, even though Detroit's not a powerhouse. But for the most part, the Rams have either won or, I mean, they've been in almost every game. That opening week game against the Niners, they got rocked. And then two weeks ago against the Bills, they had lost by 11. But that, as we talked about last week, that score was pretty deceiving. So they were, they were in that game basically the whole time. So, um, I mean, I, I think the Rams are – you know, their defense is pretty good. I think they're just a fairly overall solid squad. Keenum was making some plays downfield to Kenny Britt. And, uh, you know, they're not a great team by any means. But, you know, I think they're they're an average team, you know, which in the with the quality of play overall in the league right now, an average team, you know, isn't isn't too bad. It's uh, I feel a lot more confident putting my money on them, let's just say, than I do with a decent amount of teams in the league. So I, I'm uh, – Fairly high on the Rams here, and then the Giants. That and we talked about going into last week how unimpressive they were, and because they happened to sneak by a shaky Baltimore team that I don't respect much at all. Like I don't, I don't really give much of an upgrade at all, if any. So, 
I uh, still think pretty low, lowly of the Giants. So I think this game should be about a pick, basically, and with no home field here in London. So the one potential caveat I might have is the Rams um, playing in Detroit last week, then flying home to LA. The travel, yeah, yeah exactly. And then that flying the all the way thing. to LA or flying all the way to London, like that's that's a lot of frequent flyer miles to be building up here in a week and a half time or two weeks time or whatever. So, um, you know, that makes me a little bit leery, especially with the Rams the first year being in LA, you know, they've been in St. Louis, all those players have. So when they're flying around in different places, the travel time is going to be a lot longer from LA to wherever they're going than it is from St. Louis for the most part. So that's, uh, you know, there could be a cumulative effect building up on them and, you know, tiring them out a little bit, but I don't think that's quite enough at uh, the current day to mitigate uh, how much better I feel about the Rams than I do about the Giants at uh, this given time. So I still think the three is probably a pretty good bet. Yep, definitely. I agree. All right. Uh, then we'll head to the beginning of the early games here on Sunday. And it looks like the first game we got is uh, Minnesota at Philadelphia. You got uh, the 5-0 and Vikings coming off their bye here against the Philly squad that let me down last week and was my sole loser of my release plays, which was pretty infuriating. And they they had a chance to tie it there late, but really weren't even in that ball game. It was kind of a fluke to even have a chance. So it was pretty poor uh, showing on their part. But anyway, I had, uh, I guess, Minnesota as a flat three here. What uh, would you guess? This one, I guessed Minnesota at two, minus two. Uh, my power rating at Minnesota two and a half. It looks like the West get open right where I had it at two for Minnesota. And the look ahead from last week, uh, shockingly, at Philadelphia was one, which is pretty ridiculous. That's why I, I think it's pretty crucial or beneficial to have that look ahead line in. Because like we've said in the past, uh, the look ahead really is only when you t- take the opening line from the look ahead line, the only thing that impacts that other is that last week of history but for that one team or injuries or whatever, what have you. So, Essentially, when Minnesota's not playing, there's no key injuries. Essentially, all you're saying is we're downgraded Philadelphia three points from last week's performance. So that's pretty – not to say that that was right before, but that's essentially what they're saying between those two lines. So it's pretty crazy that they make that big of an adjustment when you have – when it's just, you know, a constant one team playing and the other team's not playing. So, um, I like I said, like obviously my power range showed. I think it's – you know, the line's – probably pretty close to where it should be uh you know the two and a half you know three with juice range somewhere in there so i i don't i don't have any problem with the number but it's just kind of crazy how how much either they were off before or you know how much they moved it just from philadelphia's performance you don't think that the market was adjusting three points for taylor heineke being back uh as a third string there for minnesota off oh the, that's, off that's the pup list that's a good point. I forgot. I've been talking about that all over Sports Center. I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember the Sharps were saying that Heineke's worth at least three points. So I think that's probably the genesis of the move there. He's the best third string in the league. <laughs> um, yeah. So what? Uh, what? Where do you lean in this one? Do you have any opinion? I don't know. I got. I'm right on there with my guess and where I think it should be. Um, I have a very very small lean to over, uh, which right now the total's at forty, which is the lowest on the board by. Actually, a pretty good margin. I think about a good two or three, four points. And uh, so you have 40, and I see a 40 and a half popping uh, with some juice. So I know I'd very, very small lean to the over if I had to, but in this game, but I'm probably not going to be betting it either way, side of our total. Yeah, I, I like the Vikings at two and a half, but I still, I mean, you're buying high on the Vikings right now, five and all. Oh. 
and uh, finally, you know, the market's kind of catching up to him, and everyone's realizing how sick their defense is and how good of a coach Zimmer is and, you know, how competent the offense slash Bradford is. So I think you're buying pretty high on them. And then on the flip side, you're, you know, the Philly stock's bottomed out here. I don't know about bottomed out, but it's it's at a low, pretty low right now compared to where it was a couple weeks ago after they lost to the, Phil, um, the Detroit and then losing last week to the Redskins. Um, you're definitely not uh, great getting good value here in the Vikings. So although I think they're going to win, um, laying points on the road, I don't know if I'm super comfortable doing that at this time, especially when the, the Eagles, the couple games they played at home so far, they've only played two, and they blew out the Browns and they blew out the Steelers. So I don't know if you really want to step in front of the Eagles squad at home, laying points on the road, um, until we you know get a little bit more evidence that the Vikings can really go on the road and, and handle teams comfortably. And also, you know, the Eagles that so far that home road split's been a little bit a randomness and you don't really fear going against them at uh Lincoln Field there. But you know the Vikings they, they week one, you know, they with Sean Hill at the helm, they did win by nine against the Titans and that was, you know, fueled by those couple defensive touchdowns there. And then against the Panthers you thought that was a really good win on the road, but now looking at that, you know, how impressive really was that to go take care of business there on the road. So I know the, the Vikings seem to have historically have struggled on the road a little bit, especially lane points. So I think this is just kind of a wait and see, um, enjoy the game and, you know, take some, take some little tidbits of information here and there where you can and, uh, and use that going forward. Yeah. Um, I just I just want to add too with uh, Minnesota and this Philly. I I Minnesota's due at some point here in the next week or two. I would assume for a letdown game where they either lose outright or you know just don't look very good at all against a, a bad team. So I I don't necessarily know it's going to be this week, but I I won't be. I mean, especially coming off a of bye and Zimmer, I think it's going to have him ready. But I won't I won't be shocked here in the next few weeks if there's come down a letdown game kind of like you know the Patriots when they got shut down at home and then the Pittsburgh we've seen a couple of really poor games last week included so and they're considered you know the top teams in the league I would assume and I, I guess Dallas hasn't really had a terrible terrible game yet but um, you know, even as a Vikings backer and supporter for as a fan perspective I you know I'd want that to have a bad game just to kind of learn from it and stuff before they get into the playoffs or you know knock on wood assuming they get there but. Um, so I don't think it's going to be this week necessarily, but I think it's just kind of something to keep an eye on coming forward. Uh, even kind of like I predicted with Pittsburgh last week, how they're you know going to overlook that game and they looked you know, as flat as could be. I think something like that in Minnesota might be coming up here sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's definitely possible. And just on the flip side here quickly, um, even though the Eagles have lost two in a row, Wentz has still looked pretty good. Like he got pressured quite a bit last week, but we yeah. really haven't had that – Wentz rookie looking awful game I think it might have been was it Simmons I think that mentioned that this week but um I wouldn't be totally shocked either if the Vikings got a bunch of pressure and there was you know a four pick Wentz game where everyone on the Wentz wagon kind of took a step back and some people jumped off and a couple other people were starting to question saying hey maybe we were too quick to anoint him you know the next best quarterback in the league so there'll be a week or two of speculation on whether that was overblown or not and uh before you know he kind of gets bright again but uh so yeah in a situation where i could see that going either way i think this is uh price right about where it should be and uh, let's just move on to the next game all right 
Uh, the next game up is uh, New Orleans at Kansas City. Uh, I guess Kansas City at seven for this one. What'd you have? Yeah, and I was off. I was shocked by this line. Uh, I had Kansas City minus three and a half, and my power rating was two and a half, which was a pretty terrible guess. And I don't, yeah, obviously way too light. Uh, now, but I mean, I'm still. I put in a bet immediately on the the Saints at at seven. That's what it opened at from Westgate. It was Kansas City minus seven, uh, and then the look ahead was Kansas City minus six and a half. Uh, this so I I don't know I you know I'm not shocked by this line uh, like I said definitely light now that I look at it, it makes sense but I think it's definitely still way too inflated the Saints team yeah terrible defense I'm not that you know I understand that uh, but Kansas City's got you know pretty solid overall but last week against Oakland I think it's definitely going to get some pretty pretty bad takes coming out of the, that game just because it was a perfect spot for Kansas City everybody and their mother is on them and, you know every once they found out about Andy Reid cut off a bye, which you would assume that this day and age that that would have got factored in the line right away, but obviously it didn't because it moved a good two, three, four points throughout the week. And then, you know, you have the sharp couple guys that, you know, bet it and start talking about it on podcasts or the radio. Then you have the people that follow that and start betting it afterwards once it's moved a little bit, and then they should continue to get bet. So, uh, and even when, with Oakland being a public team like that. So um, the books took a killing on that one. But uh, with that whole game is just a perfect spot. You know, letdown spot for Oakland, a perfect spot for Kansas City coming off a bye after getting embarrassed again, you know, with uh, on that primetime game, getting blown out. And then on top of that, it was, you know, bad weather with rainy weather, sloppy weather, which plays perfect to Kansas City and about the exact opposite of what Oakland wants because they're, you know, you know throwing balls downfield, everything like that, where Kansas City is more of a dip and duck type of offense and, you know, kicking field goals type of thing and, you know, grind it out. And, you know, there's multiple times I saw watching that game. You know, they fumble the ball, it slip out of their hands in Oakland I'm talking about, and they're trying to make plays. And it's just not that, you know, not going to say it's going to happen. You, know, you can't just whatever. But I'm pretty much throw that game out the window or take it really take it with a grain of salt because like that definitely doesn't mean a whole lot to me, at least, just with the spot and the scenario and everything else. So I think as a result of that, I think Kansas City is a little overvalued this week and Oakland's a little undervalued and, and – uh, of course, that's how the lines show that from look-aheads and, and the, what we see right now. So, like I said, I'm on New Orleans this week. I'm waiting, kind of waiting to see because it was at seven, then all moved to six and a half really quickly. Um, but now I'm kind of seeing some sevens pop back in there. So, I'm kind of waiting to release it to see if if it goes back to seven, I can release it at seven. If not, I'll just release that six and a half. And I'm just kind of waiting to see where the market shapes up before I actually release his official play. Just uh, just to be fair there, um, don't want you to go full Trump on the bit. You're saying that everybody and their mother was on Kansas City last week. I uh, actually texted mom there, and she said she wasn't on <laughs> Kansas City, just to, to, to clear that up there. But uh, uh, you got you got, her, got herself a comedian, old character. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to, you know, I had to fact check you there. But uh, I <laughs> this might be one of our strongest disagreements this year. I uh, I don't have any interest in laying six and a half, seven with a team like Kansas City because I don't think, you know, they're unsexy offense, unprolific offense, and, you know, pretty good defense, and just conservative Andy Reid in general. I don't really have any interest in laying that many points with them, but I think this is a game you could basically tease up and down the board with Kansas City down to a pick. And uh, I don't – I don't, you know, maybe I'll eat my words next week, but I don't say, see any way that New Orleans loses or wins this game. I think uh, – Really? Huh. Yeah. I think Kansas City will win this one. Um I don't, I don't say fairly easy from a point spread margin, but I just think Kansas City is a much more quality team, and uh, I I think 
the you know the Saints lost their first three games. Um, first two or three were somewhat an either or type game, so you don't want to totally you know dismiss them for that. But then they had that ridiculous game where the Chargers gifted them two touchdowns. They're late and snuck by them by a point two weeks ago. And then last week they did jump out pretty good in Carolina and you know hung on for dear life. But I just I just think the Saints team is way worse than their record or you know people give them credit for. And I think Kansas City's a probably slightly above average team in the in the AFC. So I think I think Kansas City and they have a pretty strong home field. New Orleans has historically been really bad away from home, especially out on grass outside. Uh, where their speed doesn't really come into play, and you know Drew Brees just isn't nearly as dominant as he is at home in the dome. So, I uh, I feel pretty confident Kansas City is going to win this game, but uh, I don't feel confident enough in Kansas City laying points. So for me, it'd either be tease Kansas City, which I might end up doing by the end of the week, or just uh, just to stay away. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm definitely lower on Kansas City, and I think I was going into last week, and then. You know, then it kind of got inflated, in my opinion, from just the performance last week, which, like I said, I almost just throw that game out the window between Oakland and Kansas City. I, um, I'd agree with that. I didn't upgrade Kansas City much. I don't think basically it was such a good situation for them last week. I don't think you can give them a whole lot of credit other than the fact that they didn't, you know, totally blow it and lose yeah. in a terrible situation. I would have downgraded them. But since they did what they were supposed to do, um, I'm not going to downgrade them or upgrade them for that. And the other thing to note, too, is Oakland's probably got one of the worst defense. Uh, I don't know if they're the worst, but definitely top, what, three or four worst defenses. Um, and and the, the Saints are terrible, too, but it's not like you're going from, a, you know, they're, it's not like they're playing a way worse defense or anything. And with Alex Smith, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I won't be shocked either if they came out and, and Breeze and the Saints offense and everything just looked flat as could be. And Kansas City just played their old steady old ball, but that's the thing is, at any point pretty much in this game, the back door is pretty much going to be open. Because just like last week, even against Oakland, they they easily could have came back and you know covered a seven-point spread, something like that, because they just all they do is go and they never put any pressure. Once they get a lead, they just sit on it, punt the football, and kick field goals or miss field goals or extra points, whatever they do. So with with something like this, when you have Breeze, the gunslinger, if, you know, at any point, no matter what the score is pretty much, there's always pretty much a back door open. So, I mean, that's always... A, another reason to you know to put into the handicap of you know another reason to bet on it in my opinion i totally agree and that's why i would never lay that many points with them and i do agree to your point that the back door is usually almost always open in kansas city games when it's this many points and i do hate when you have you know the old joke if uh you know andy reads down 21-0 he's only seven field goals away from tying the game up. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I get what you're saying, but uh, I can't wait till Kansas City's up 20, uh, you know, in the third quarter there next week, and I'll text you and say, how's that back door looking? And the sad part is I'll probably end up sneaking through there. They're late with a oh, yeah. touchdown I, by Breeze. And obviously, I'm not saying anything like, oh, it's a lock or anything else. I just think I just think the line's mispriced. And, um, and the other thing I want to note, too, is just a stat from since last year, super small sample size, but Kansas City, when they lay – Six and a half or more points, they're one and five against a spread. So, I mean, obviously super small sample size and just another stat, but it's something, another thing that supports my, you know, original handicap. And to a further point to trends like that where, you know, you can, you can pick, you can almost find any trend to back anything you want. You know, you could say, you know, on when the Suns, you know, 
48 degrees in the east, uh, you know, whatever, the third week of October after they play a team from the AFC West or whatever, you know, the team's two and six, and it's just basically all random noise. But something like that, um, you know, one of the first things I said was I don't like laying points with a team like Kansas City just based on the way they play. And then you come with a stat or, you know, a trend that basically backs up what my logic or intuition is. Those are the trends I think you want to pay a lot more attention to and are pretty telling that you want to use in handicaps going forward. So I think anytime you hear a stat or a trend like that, you want to think, well, does it make logical sense? And uh, and then if it does, then, you know, actually evaluate it as useful going forward. But if it's just a lot of random noise in your opinion, then you can, you know, obviously you take in the information, but you can pretty much dismiss it without uh, using it a whole lot in your handicap. Yeah, I just want to say that I just heard some stat a couple weeks ago on a podcast I listened to about a stats guy, and one of the stats in a college football game was uh, uh, every team that starts with the letter G or something in the last five years or something along those lines is like 60-plus percent against a spread. So it's like that's something where you can kind of filter, and it's like, well, that has absolutely nothing to do with covering spreads or anything. So obviously it's just blind luck type of thing, and you would assume it's going to eventually go back to the mean, but it's just one of those random fluky things. It just doesn't – that shouldn't affect the handicap in my opinion. Well, have you done enough studies on the psychology of seeing G on the opposing jersey? To... <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> no, exactly. That's just uh, perfectly buttresses my point, um, uh, so that makes sense. Um, all right, let's go to the next game here. We got Washington at Detroit. Um, and this one, I guessed Detroit minus two. What did you have? This one I had Detroit minus one and a half. My power rating I had Detroit minus one. The Westgate opened it right at what you had at Detroit minus two, and the look ahead from the week before was Detroit minus two and a half. So, how about this game? I don't know. It's kind of a, to me, it's kind of a pick your poison game. What are you going to get? I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> um, what are you going to get out of Cousins? I, I don't know. Uh, Stafford's looked pretty. I think Stafford's looked pretty good all year, I guess. Uh, but what are you going to get out of the the rest of the offense and the defense? You really don't know. It's kind of tough. Obviously, like Detroit at home more, but. Um, and Washington not as much when they're away from home. But, you know, right now I'm still sitting in that one, one-and-a-half range, not moving a whole lot, so I don't really have a whole lot in this game altogether. Yeah, um, from a side perspective, I don't I don't really upgrade Washington a whole lot, even though they basically dominated uh, my pick against them last week in Philadelphia. But I still think Cousins is shaky. I still think their defense is shaky. Um, I don't really like their coach still, so... I think, you know, Washington maybe is an average team at best. And uh, on the flip side, I bet against the Lions last week too and um, ended up getting a push. And I wasn't super really, you know, impressed with their uh, the way they were able to sneak it out there against the Rams. I don't like their coach. Um, Stafford I'm cool with. I think he's pretty decent and he has been playing pretty good this year. So I think at less than a field goal, the only way I look is Detroit. But um, I still don't have quite enough confidence in them to – to feel overly confident about it, but that's the way I'd lean. Um, in terms of the total, um, what is it? Did it open about 51 or so, somewhere in there? Um, yeah, no, what, no, it was lower than that. It was 49. Oh, okay. Nine. That must be a false opener on Vegas Insider there. I was going to say. Yeah, 48 and a half, 49. Okay, and it's basically stayed about the same it's looking like? Yeah. Um, I kind of like the over in that one. I was going to say that didn't make sense that it got bet down like that or that it even opened that high in the first place, but that makes more sense. Um, at 48 and a half, even 49, um, I think Washington's pretty much a dead nuts over team with, if competent, if Cousins is competent, they can score points. 
and it, their defense I think is horrible. So uh, they're very vulnerable. And then Detroit has been playing a lot more up tempo with uh, JBC, uh, your boy Jim Bob Cooter there calling the plays. And, the uh, coot. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, Stafford, you know, has been playing pretty well, and they have been going up tempo. So I think they're somewhat of an over team as well. And I think Washington's a dead nuts over team. So at the number at 50 or 48 and a half, 50, uh, 49, it's a very reasonable number to get over. I think uh, if you saw these two teams later in the year, the total would probably be up in the 50 and a half, 51 range. So I think you're getting a little bit of value here on the over side. Let's the way I'd look on this game, I'd lean Detroit and uh, even more strongly on the over. Okay. Yeah. I I think I agree with both of those right there. I don't not, I don't foresee any bet on either of them unless there's, you know, granted a, a huge line move, but yeah, I agree with both of those, but I'm probably not going to be betting either side. All right. Uh, the next game is Cleveland at Cincinnati. And in this one, I guess Cincinnati minus 10. Yeah, this one I was light on too. I had Cincinnati minus six and a half. Uh, Cincinnati and my power rating was Cincinnati minus five and a half. And the the opener was right where you had it. At, or I guess a little light. Cincinnati minus nine and a half. And the look at it was where you had it. Cincinnati minus ten. So I mean, this should be an auto play just for my ratings. Uh, but I, I just need to. I pretty much do the same thing every week. I just don't give a big enough bump to the team playing Cleveland every week just because no one's going to be betting on Cleveland pretty much every week. That's pretty much a sure thing. So I should almost just automatically add another two points to what I think the line should be, and then I could be right in that range. And also, was, uh, I wasn't sure who was quarterback at the time I did it because I think Kessler's a huge upgrade from Whitehurst or anybody else that's going to be – I mean, unless one of the two main guys, that, you know, RG3 or uh, – what's his name? What's uh, McCown? Uh, yeah, unless, unless one of them two are in, but I don't – Anyway, so I think Kessler's a huge upgrade over Whitehurst, but it looks like Kessler is in. Uh, but right now we're seeing 9.5, 10. Uh, most likely going to be on at 10 here, especially if it climbs up any more than that. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just pretty down on the Cincy team. I haven't liked them pretty much all season long. I just haven't looked that good, and I, I don't know. I think people are just kind of factoring in from last handful of seasons when they made the playoffs about their team. And so, so It's a new season. It's not the same thing. and They just don't look, don't look right, and they got a lot of problems, I think. Uh, so I mean, obviously Cleveland is Cleveland, but it's a lot of points for Cincinnati to cover when they're really not playing that well to me. Yeah, um, I basically I say every week, uh, you know, I think you're getting some value here with Cleveland, and I've been basically either betting right at open or I've waited till the end of the week, like I did last week, and then I move against them, and I'm like, that's just too many points. I got to do it out of principle, and. uh Last week, I was I know I was joking with you about how I took Cleveland plus seven and a half there against Tennessee, and when they were down, I don't know what it was late, you know, fifteen for sure. But I think at one point it was even higher than that. Um, I was like, all right, I need to pay someone just to come to my house on Sunday morning and just cuff my hands up. So when I see the line move against Cleveland, I'm not tempted into betting them because I'm getting real sick of losing money and just having the value go up in smoke here on this Cleveland squad. But uh, luckily they came back and ended up scoring two touchdowns late and and getting the cover there for their backers. But um, it was definitely wasn't easy and uh, somewhat misleading there. They only lost by two last week because they were pretty much dominated in that game. And uh, let's see, I got two two main points here on the Cleveland side in this game. My um, first was just a game situation theory deal. Um, Hugh Jackson there, the coach. The old uh, Cincy coordinator, offensive coordinator, he's the the coach of Cleveland now, and he was down 15 with uh, 
two minutes to go and they scored a touchdown. So they were, you know, down nine and they were debating whether to go for two or the, the extra point. And, uh, he ended up deciding to go for two and a bunch of people I saw on Twitter and some, some, uh, talk shows this week were saying that's a horrible decision and, you know, basically beating him up for it and saying, what an idiot. And, uh, I just want to say from a game theory standpoint, I think it makes total sense to go for two there. Then, uh, you either know you're down by, um, nine or you know you're um, just down by seven, so an extra point will get you the push. Where I don't know that's an ar- I don't even know that's arguable. Oh yeah, and a lot of people say, oh, you gotta wait till the end, and then you're only down one score. So you do, but it's like, well, if you if you kick the extra point and you're down eight, and then say you do get an onside kick or you kick it deep, either way, and you end up scoring a touchdown, then if you don't go for, or if you go, then you have to go for two. So at one point you're going to have to go for two. You might as well go for two early and then know whether you made it or not, so you can make decisions based on that going forward. It doesn't Otherwise, you got to get another onside kick. Yeah, exactly. Because say say they end up kicking the extra point and they're down eight, and they kick it away deep, and then they end up calling their two timeouts they had left and the two po- uh, two minute warning, and they end up getting the ball back, and then they go down and score with no time left. Then and then they miss a two point conversion. Well, you did everything you needed to do, and you still didn't win the game just because you didn't have all the information on what you needed to go for at the time. Where is the inverse in that? If you go for the two and you miss it, okay, oh, now you realize, okay, we're going to need to do an onside kick for sure the first time, and then we're still going to have to score twice, so we're going to have to do everything, you know, have to score more quickly than we would have normally thought. So, yeah, to me, you want to... You you want to know what you have to do as early as possible to make the best uh, decision going forward for what you're going to have to do going forward and to me to just put off the inevitable two-point conversion that you know you're going to have to do it totally changes the game theory and the decision making in the in the prior so i'm i'm glad you agree with me and i think yeah most uh informed people would agree with that but i was surprised by the amount of outrage uh, at the time when it happened on twitter yeah and, uh, my second second cleveland point is they're Undoubtedly, or not, I shouldn't say undoubtedly, but most people would say they're the worst team in the league at 0 and 6. Which you agree? San with that, Francisco's right? creeping up there in my eyes. Oh, I agree. I think San Fran's right up there too. But I think if you ask most people, they'd say, "Oh, Cleveland, you know, they're 0 and 6. How terrible are they?" But if you bet Cleveland every single week so far, um, depending on when you bet them, but most people, if you bet Cleveland every single week, you're 3 and 3. So just goes to show you how the point spread is really the great equalizer. And uh, you know, for as bad as they've been. And as awful as they've been, and as frustrating as to back them, you know you're you're not losing that much money betting. All you're losing is the juice. So you can't be scared to bet back te- or bet bad teams if they're in you know decent situations or if the numbers just too far to whack. So I know a lot of people look at them and say, "Oh, I, I wouldn't bet that terrible team." But if you've been betting them like I pretty much have, I think I'm three and two betting them this year. So I've been actually making money uh, as bad as a team as there. Sometimes you got to hold your nose and take the extra couple points and. And then cash your ticket more often than not. Yeah, definitely. And uh, in this particular game, I think it's the same thing. I don't know. I don't trust Cincy laying double digits at all from what I've seen from them. So I have no interest. And I, you know, I wouldn't even bet your money at Cincy minus ten. And uh, I don't have much of it. (laughs) But uh, on the flip side, I'll probably end up with a bet on Cleveland (laughs) again. It seems like every week I um, uh, end up on Cleveland, but I think the numbers are just too high. If they get to 10.5, I'll absolutely be on them. And even if it just stays at 10, I'll probably do it. Or even if I see some 10s disappearing downwards towards 9.5 or lower and I can still find a 10, 
uh, at one of my outs, I'll probably end up taking it before they disappear. But uh, if I do miss it and it goes down to nine and a half, then I'll probably just stay away because I do like I like that ten. Um, so if you could have ten all week and you don't end up getting it, then I think it's just kind of a stay away. But I don't feel extremely strong in this game. I just think there's a little bit of value. So yeah. Any more thoughts on that or no? No. Okay. Uh, next game we got is Buffalo at Miami. Um, I had what did I have on this game? I had Buffalo minus three was my guess. What'd you have? You gotta wait and look, find the opening line before you get make your guess or <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, was, uh, I had some of my guesses on my phone and some of my computers, so I uh, opened uh-huh. up my, my notepad app there on my phone to see what that opening line. I mean, uh, what my guess was. I think I might have to get old Dimitri to have a little spot check here. <laughs> yeah, you might uh, need to have, have someone watch over me to make sure I'm not cheating. No, uh, yes, yeah, so you said Buffalo minus three. I had Buffalo minus three and a half. My power rating was Buffalo minus three. Uh, and the open Buffalo two and a half with Bruce at 120. The look ahead was Buffalo minus two and a half. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have kind of similar to the Detroit-Washington game with me here. I don't have a whole lot of beef. It all with the number, kind of right where I had it at, my power rating, my guess. Um, I think, yeah, Buffalo deserves a little bit of credit. Uh, it could have been a somewhat of a letdown spot for them. They've been looking pretty consistent, pretty pretty, pretty sharp for the last, what, three, four weeks now. And uh, it's pretty crazy how quickly a momentum and a, you know, the, just the talk of a team can change from week one or two, the first couple of weeks there, they're talking about how, you know, they're going to go for Ryan's head and, like, you know, everything's just terrible in Buffalo and their team, how bad their team is now. They're going to talk about how they're a, easily a top 10 team for most people. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of crazy how it shifts like that. But I mean, I don't, not that I, I'm not saying I disagree with it, but it's just a lot of, you know, complete change. I think it maybe just an overreaction originally, but again, that's after they fired their offensive coordinator. So they've, you know, seen a lot more offensive production. So yeah, I don't know. I think this is probably right where it should be. I think I'd probably lean Buffalo here. Taking the, you know, if I can get it at two and a half, but now I'm seeing pretty much threes across the board. So I don't think I have any interest in taking it now, especially getting a worse number, but I think Buffalo will be the only way I could look here, even though you're laying points on the road, which I don't usually do that often, but I don't really want to take much of Miami either, and especially with their really small to very little to no <laughs> home field advantage. Yeah, I pretty much echo everything you've been saying. Um, I was going to make the same point about Rex Ryan, how after week two, there was people waiting in line to try to cash their Rex Ryan first coach to be fired tickets. Had a pretty good payback, <laughs> yeah. and now they've reeled off four in a row and look pretty impressive doing it. And um, yeah, that's certainly not the the case anymore. But uh, I think they're better than I might have expected. But I know I think somebody was saying they have the best point differential in the AFC, and they're rating them up there, you know, the top two, three best teams in the AFC. And I think that's going way overboard based on the last couple of weeks that, you know, if you break it down, they, there isn't any one particular win that's extremely impressive in my eyes. So I give them credit for, you know, getting putting some wins together because there really is not that many quality teams. So I definitely give them a little bit of credit. But, uh, you know, let's not get overboard there on how great the Bills are. And on the flip side, Miami has just been awful pretty much all year. And, uh, and they, you know, they kind of jump out on the Steelers and – win uh fairly easily in a pretty weird game and so i mean you know i give them a little bit of credit for getting it done but i also take that a little bit with a grain of salt so i'm not gonna change my whole stance on miami based off one week so i'm still pretty low on them but 
the way the number's at right now, I don't really want Miami um, as a short dog. And I don't really like, like laying points on the road with Buffalo. So to me, this is a pretty easy stay away. Yep. Uh, next game up we got is Oakland at Jacksonville. Um, I had Oakland minus I had Oakland minus three in this one. Yeah, I had Oakland minus two, and my uh, power rating was Oakland minus three. Wherever you had it, uh, this is a shock. Both shocked both of us. I think we can say that pretty easily. Westgate opened it at a pick, and the look ahead was Oakland minus one and a half. So uh, right now I'm seeing what ones across the board pretty much, and this was not a bet for me. I think this is one's probably for Jacksonville. One, yeah, sorry, Jacksonville for one across the board. And I even see a one and a half, and I did I did scoop a two right away at win actually, and now they're down to one. Uh, win likes moving lines, I guess after I bet them. But um, it uh, yeah. So I, when I got a two with Oakland in my pocket right now, and I released the play at one, uh, I, getting one and two, like I like we said, and I don't know. I I think the wrong team's favored here personally. I don't know. I obviously just from the look ahead line, it's just an overreaction. Jacksonville didn't impress me hardly in much at all uh, against that Chicago win which I'm, I know that we kind of both think the same on this game here. So I guess, and then with Oakland, they, uh, like I said before, that I don't take a whole lot of, you know, just the spot and the, the situation, everything with Oakland. It doesn't, don't take a whole lot out of that or downgrade them that much at all. And they've been pretty good here on the early, early time spot traveling east, even though historically they've been got awful at that. But this year alone, they've been really good, actually. So I think it. You know, it's a different team, so I think it's kind of unfair to judge it by their their history and stuff when they've been just a poor team in general. So, yeah, I like Oakland a lot here. I think I'm going to wait. I don't think there's any money lines up there yet. I'm going to check right now. But, no, I guess there, there's a few money lines popping up. But this might be some a game I might put a half unit on the money line just as well as as well as a point spread. So I'll kind of wait and see how it shapes up. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said for the most part. Um, I don't give Jacksonville much credit at all. Um, they found a way to sneak by the you know garbage Bears team for the most part, the garbage Colts team a couple of weeks ago in London, and then they've lost close ones to the Ravens, and you know then they lost the Chargers pretty comfortably and the Packers fairly comfortably, although they did have a chance there at the end. So they've been hanging in games for the most part, and but strength of schedule wise, that's pretty brutal. I don't give them much credit at all, and. uh Oakland hasn't played a whole lot better competition, but they they beat the Saints at the Saints. They won at the Titans. They won at the Ravens. They beat the Chargers at home, not by a margin, but they, they did win. And then basically I agree that we both just thrown out that game last week because of the weather and the spot for the Chiefs was just awful for the Raiders. So, And then they did hang tight with the Falcons team that looks to be a lot better now than I initially thought. So even though I lost that, you know, I don't downgrade them a whole lot for that anymore. So... I think if you just look at the overall quality of teams here, um, regardless of whatever their records say, even though the the Raiders are, do have a much better record, that has nothing to do with my actual feelings that the Raiders are a far superior team and the lack of home field advantage for the Jags. Um, I just don't really see how Jacksonville is a favorite in this one. I think if this game were to be played you know, six, seven weeks from now, uh, I think Oakland would be a, at least three or a strong three. So... Uh, basically, you're going to give me the best team getting a point or even at a pick. Um, the, I'll take the better team and what I don't think is too bad of a situation all day long. So I feel pretty strongly about Oakland here. Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned now, but Jacksonville is such a terrible home field advantage. Worse yeah. than the NFL. Yeah, it might, uh, it might be the worst in the NFL. Either them or yeah. Miami are probably the two worst. 
Yeah, that Florida crowd. You have people that you know retire there, and have, you know, like even Pittsburgh last week against Miami. There's more Pittsburgh fans there than there were Miami fans. So it's just kind of you know people that are like good teams or other, not necessarily Oakland's a good team, but you know obviously it's popular and it's going to be a not not a whole lot of Jacksonville support. I mean, they they need to move to London. Maybe they'll get some more support there. But uh, uh, I also want to say quickly is this should be I I. Won't be shocked at all if Oakland's favorite here by by close. I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be moving here pretty quickly. I'm surprised it hasn't moved already. Uh, I mean, it's moved a little bit, a point, uh, about a point since it's opened or whatever. Because Jacksonville was getting money when it originally opened, which I was completely surprised about, and I kind of waited to see if it was gonna go, keep going up. And then eventually, I started seeing some some moving towards Oakland, so that's when I bought it and released it. But I'm pretty confident it's gonna be moving here to where Oakland's a favorite by kickoff, uh, just because the public should be on Oakland, and and I would assume some some sharp sharp guys are going to be on Oakland as well. Yep. So if you do like Oakland, uh, just going to not going to hurt you to lock a plus one in now, then, uh, then wait till the end of the week. So you might as well, or do even that. take them on the money line. Yeah. Or take them on the money line. If you can get them at you know, a little bit of small plus price, definitely lock them in. Now it's not going to, not going to benefit you at all to wait. in neither of our opinions, uh, next game we got up here is Tennessee or I mean, Indianapolis at Tennessee. And this one, I had Tennessee minus two is my guess. Okay, yeah, I had Tennessee minus two and a half. My power rating was Tennessee minus two. And the Westgate opened uh, what I had at Tennessee minus two and a half. The look ahead from last week was Tennessee minus one and a half. So, um, another game, I'd, I'd probably lean Tennessee here. Uh, just, we are seeing some two and a halves pretty much across the board, and some with juice, or maybe three with juice towards Indy. But, yeah, a little bit of movement maybe towards Tennessee, which I agree with. Uh, I, I basically, Tennessee's just kind of solid. I, I was on Tennessee a couple of weeks ago and made. Uh, I was on the right side of the move there when I had them at plus four. and moved all the way to two and a half by close, so I got the best of the value there. And I think they're kind of getting caught up now with the market, but there's kind of more of a solid team. Uh, and Andy's just got a lot of flaws, especially after that that night game when they uh, blew it there and blew a what. 15 points they came blue there and with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter against against the power for block osweiler making millions of dollars this year so i don't know that's just pretty pretty embarrassing on their on their perspective and they just have a lot of flaws i mean without luck they'd just be probably one of the worst in the league so yeah more of just a fade indie type of thing but i don't think i'm gonna be betting it just because it's you know you're kind of buying tennessee high right now and uh the, the numbers kind of reflect in that too so i'm probably just not gonna be involved yeah, Tennessee to me is a team you like catching, you know, four points. You like catching seven points with against better teams as opposed to laying points against a probably equivalent team. Even though I'm not a huge Colts fan, I just don't really think laying points with Tennessee, especially off two wins, is a great spot to be supporting them. Um, like I said, I think it's kind of buying high on them coming off a couple wins like that, and. Uh, even though two and a half is not a lot, and that's definitely the way I would lean. I don't really have any interest in the Colts, but um, I just it'd be hard for me to get to the window here with Tennessee in this situation. Um, and from a total perspective, I think the Colts are a dead nuts over team. I think Tennessee's somewhat of an under team. So the total at you know forty eight and a half, it's a fairly high total. I think that's kind of a stay away too. So I don't have a whole lot of opinion on this game. Um, I just look. I look to fade the Colts basically every week, but I just don't think this is a situation where I want to fade them. So, to me, it's just a fairly easy pass. Yep, definitely. Um, so the last early game here we got is Baltimore at the Jets, 
and I guessed this was before the uh, Monday night game against the Cardinals for the Jets, just to keep in mind, and before the um, extent of the Eric Decker injury, which probably doesn't have an effect on the line, but FYI, um, I had the Jets minus one. What would you have? Okay. Um, well, this one I had right across the board here on my sheet. I guessed it at a pick. My power rating was a pick. Westgate opened a pick. The look how it was a pick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we're right now we're seeing, I guess, what, pretty much pick across the board or maybe a little bit of money towards the Jets, I guess. But, yeah, really hardly any movement. And, yeah, I don't I don't know how I – Jets are at home. I don't trust the Jets at all. They look god-awful uh, against Arizona on primetime. I had the I cashed an under ticket there. And that was a pretty easy, easy bet. To, they just didn't really show anything. And then they put in Geno Smith. I think Fitzpatrick is getting the nod again, but he's just been, I think he was, he thrown the most interceptions out of any quarterback this year. And just look, I think he had the lowest QBR as well. So, um, but then on, with Baltimore, they got a lot of holes. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would, <laughs> if, I, if I had to, I guess I'd take Baltimore just as a sheer fading the Jets. But uh, I'm just not going to be playing this game. I, I, I know that. So. I don't need to talk about it anymore. So I was going to say, uh, I don't want to make this a weekly tradition in a Baltimore game, but gun to your head, which two of these two teams do you put your life on? Well, I'd, uh, getting a point or maybe whatever. I, I could, right now I can get at a point. I had a pick? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd take Baltimore, I guess. But I think it's Baltimore. I don't even think it's that close, but that's – that's a huge indictment of the Jets. <laughs> what I'm saying, yeah, that. exactly. Because I couldn't be yeah. more, you know, falling out of love with this Baltimore team from the very beginning. So I, I just think they're just an awful team. But um, well, at some point, the Jets got to get together. You would think and have at least one good showing, kind of like Miami did against in the last week against Pittsburgh. But I mean, they just they're just going off past weeks. I mean, they haven't showed anything, <laughs> like absolutely nothing. Yeah, and. I, I mean, there's some teams though where like they've been they don't they're not getting wins, but like even like the Chargers team, you know their their record was pretty rough going into last week, but at least they showed signs of life and you know just happened to collapse and whatnot. But like with this Jets team, have they shown you anything? Like so last week the Cardinals never even like never a sign of life. The week before the Steelers, no, never a sign of life the whole game. The week before that was the Seahawks. I was on them that week just absolutely throttled the entire game, never even in it. The week before that, the Chiefs, I was on them there getting three and a half. Absolutely drilled, they lose by 21. So, I mean, the last four weeks they lost by 25, 18, 10, and 21. And I don't even know if the games were that close. Like, I don't think you could roll over any you know, any harder than they have here the last month. And it's just, oh, yeah, just I don't see any signs of it changing here either. No, it looks like they're just kind of packing in. That's like with Cleveland. When I'm going to be on Cleveland and have been a lot this season and continue probably will continue to. Just but I mean every week they're pretty frisky and they they're going out and giving it their all for the most part. And with Jets, it's like yeah, it looks like are they even trying? Like they even care? Where you know at least when they're not when you're not a good team and don't have much talent and every you know blah blah blah. At least if they come out and show a good effort and give you something and at least and you're getting a lot of points, it's like all right, well that's something you can get for. But I mean not in this situation with the Jets, but it's like. Yeah, even though they're at home, it's like I, I don't trust them as a, a small favorite at home. Even in uh, Baltimore, and not yeah, like basically just an indictment on the Jets. Not because we pretty both pretty low in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, one thing I have to admit I was wrong on is I was a decent uh, Todd Bowles fan there, the coach uh, coach for the Jets coming into the year, and uh, you know he used to be the Arizona defense coordinator, and I th- I was a, a fan of his, and I thought he'd have that defense straightened away and uh, good to go, but. 
um, you know, whether it's he just doesn't have the players or what, which it's even if you don't have great players, it's hard to imagine you can't be getting a little something out of them. The way they've been rolling over here is, uh, you know, really just just poor across the board. So I I uh, admit I was probably too high on Bulls or coming into the season. And on the flip side, Harbaugh, um, even though they lost last week, I think he made a lot of good decisions and went forward. It uh, was pretty aggressive, so I definitely gave him credit for that. And I've been a, a John Harbaugh fan here for quite a while. So I think there's a yeah, huge definitely. coaching mismatch here. would be the one yeah. thing you could really take out of it in Baltimore's favor. And this is a game you'd almost like on a Thursday night, and you trust the coaching staff to get them ready to go and get undervalued maybe a little a bit. short week, absolutely. Uh, so let's go to the uh, afternoon games here. We got uh, the first one in the afternoon is San Diego at Atlanta. Uh, on this one, I guessed Atlanta minus six. What did you have? Uh, this one I had Atlanta minus seven. My power rating was Atlanta minus six and a half. The Westgate opened it at Atlanta minus five and a half, and that was a look ahead as well from the week before, five and a half Atlanta. So, yeah, right now it's sitting at about six and a half. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy here. Uh, this is a game for me where I'm not going to be laying points with Atlanta here because I think San Diego is a pretty frisky underdog, especially getting this many points. So, for me, if it gets a seven, it's an auto bet. Uh, we really seems to play. If it does, and if uh, I don't think it will, but if it did get there, that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, but right now, I'm kind of just going to wait and watch the market, see what happens. Yeah, to me, I think this is. Even at six and a half, I like San Diego quite a bit. Um, yeah, I could see that for sure. I don't like how Atlanta kind of got screwed there in that pass interference call against Seattle. And, you know, they might be a little bit pissed off after they should have won that game last week against one of what's thought of to be one of the best teams in the league. And on the flip side, um, San Diego's coming off a huge win there against the division rival in the Broncos. So they might be... Um, feeling a little too good about themselves after you know the week and a half to to think about it and kind of revel in the victory. So from a spot situation, um, I really don't like it that much, I guess, from the Chargers' perspective. But if you look at what the Chargers have done this year, they beat the Broncos, they lost at Oakland um, to, by three, they lost to the Saints at, by one at home when they should have beat them easily, they lost to the Colts by four when they very easily should have won that game or at least covered. Uh, they beat the Jags pretty convincingly at home and then they lost to the Chiefs in that game they collapsed overtime there where they were up you know heavy early and ended up losing by six in overtime so they really haven't lost or I mean they haven't lost by a margin all year and they very easily could be you know five and one instead of two and four so I think the Chargers are a lot better team than people give them credit for and at the very least are a really frisky you know mediocre team so I think six and a half is a lot to be laying against them and although Atlanta has impressed me, um, I don't, you know, I don't give them best in the league type team credit where, you know, they should be laying a touchdown or more or even close to a touchdown against average teams. So I'd like to, I'd like to take San Diego here pretty convincingly, but the the situation kind of numbs that down a little bit. But I still think they're probably worthy of a bet. So I'll probably take them at six and a half, and I'd absolutely take them at seven if it ends up getting there. Yeah, I, I agree completely. All right. Uh, next game up is Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Um, and this one, I guess Tampa Bay minus one. What did you have? I, To be quite honest, I, I really had no idea. Like, it's just like a game that I don't even know how you put a line up there. It's just like, well, who do you want to take here? So I, I, I put San Francisco minus two and a half just because I only, just from home field, because they're 
a little bit better at home. They showed a little bit more play at home, but uh, my my power rating was San Francisco minus one and a half, and it opened at Tampa Bay minus one, and the look ahead was a pick. Uh, right now we're seeing Tampa Bay, I guess, getting a little bit of money at one to one and a half, two, somewhere in there. But honestly, this is a game that's just like, yeah, I see the Tampa Bay, but it's like Tampa Bay on the road. They've they've really shown. I bet on them. I think maybe once this year. I think you've been on them once or twice, and it's like they just look pretty awful. And Winston hasn't really looked that good at all. He's, he's you know got to be one of the you know what disappointments. Worst disappointments, yeah, since the start of the season. Because was he a rookie last year? Yep. Yeah, so he's got to be coming for his you know second season here, sophomore season. It's like. Yeah, he's got to be one of the biggest disappointments. There is some less in MVP buzz preseason, so he didn't <laughs> take a huge step forward. Eh. So, but I mean, and I, I mean, and Kaepernick, I, I don't know. He, I think he's a slight upgrade from Gabbert. I think I said that last week on the podcast, but he looked, even that one touchdown throw, throw he threw when he was wide open, uh, that was just an awful throw. But I mean, the only reason I really like Kaepernick or think that he gives a slight upgrade just that he gives a little bit more versatility to the offense is not that good anyway, but. I mean, just by his numbers, I think he was like 13 for 29 or something just off the top of my head. But, it, yeah, that's just not, not very good, and I watched a lot of that game too. But I don't know. It, this, quite frankly, this is a game for me where I'm not going to be betting either side unless it gets like over three, so three and a half either way. So, you know, Tampa Bay gets up to three and a half, I would consider betting San Francisco. But, I mean, anywhere in a threes either way, I'm just kind of staying away completely. I just don't know how you get this game. Yeah, to uh... – to your point earlier, saying San Francisco is a little bit better at home, I'd say there's that's possible. But basically, every time they've gone on the road, they've gotten blown out by the Panthers, Seahawks, and Bills, and weren't even competitive. And at home, they had that twenty-eight nothing win against the Rams week one, which I think you know, same as last year. That just seems to be really fluky at this point. And then they hung somewhat tough with the Cowboys, and then had that Thursday night game where they got beat fairly easily by the Cardinals. So yeah, you can say okay the you know, it just seems like you're, uh, you know, kind of make a lot of excuses or, you know, look at the best possible situation in order to give them a little bit of credit when, not not saying that you are, but just in general, if you're trying to make a case for San Francisco this week, I think there's just too many red flags to think they're anything better than either the worst team in the league or, you know, right there with Cleveland is the worst team in the league. So I have no interest in backing San Francisco unless the, the numbers start to reflect uh as much value as i think there is on like a cleveland type team every week which they for whatever reason haven't seemed to really um be disrespected on the same level that cleveland has been and on the flip side but, tampa bay yeah i'll continue i was gonna say yeah uh, hard to imagine you're gonna be interested in laying laying points on the road with tampa bay though no <laughs> traveling, exactly traveling That's, across country i mean they beat the falcons at at the falcons week one which seems like almost as fluky a result if not more than than the Rams, the the Niners beating the Rams week one. Like I don't know which one of those looks more surprising now, based on what we've seen. But uh, and then other than that, they beat the Panthers in that garbage Monday night game uh, a week ago. So you know, it, or yeah, I don't give them much credit beating Derek Anderson by three, <laughs> and and uh, and then in between then they've lost three games and all three of them were pretty terrible efforts and. I got burned on them a few weeks ago with that Rams when they were just in a great spot. So um, I won't be trusting Tampa Bay anytime soon, especially laying points on the road. So for me, I guess I'd lean Tampa Bay, but I'm almost for sure not going to be betting on it. And yeah, I don't. Uh, I think this is almost for sure just a stay away game. 
The one thing to note, too, about in favor of Tampa Bay is they are coming off a bye, but honestly, in this point spread, I'd maybe give a half a point or something coming off a bye. It's not like they have a, you know, like Seattle, like a perfect example of someone that, you know, really needed a bye with someone like Seattle with injuries and Wilson needed to get healthy, and, you know, that's where you're going to give them a little bit more of an adjustment up for a point spread scenario. But with Tampa Bay, it's like, you know, maybe a half a point, and I don't even know if I want to give them anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Uh, the last game here in the afternoon games is New England at Pittsburgh. Um, you know, obviously the Big Ben injury is uh, weighing heavily on this line, and I guess before the Big Ben injury, um, so I had Pittsburgh minus one. Uh, what did you have? Yeah, well, this one I also guessed it. Be- I I thought Roethlisberger would be fine. Um, I guessed New England minus two and a half. Um, and my power rating, I had it as a pick, and that's, again, with Roethlisberger. And when I made the pick, Westgate didn't have anything open, but I did see a two-and-a-half, I think it was, and a, it was like a two, two-and-a-half, three and in favor of New England. Uh, and then once Roethlisberger got announced out for sure and Landry Jones now in, then now it's bumped up to like seven, seven-and-a-half. So, yeah, that's and, and in my ratings personally, I think Roethlisberger's worth six points. So uh, if you just take the, the straight math from that, I think New England maybe six point should be about a six point favorite. Um, but I, I don't, this game, I think it's I think it's definitely a little bit too much here, just from that, even just what that um, predicts and indicates. I think yeah, just too many points, especially at seven and a half. I don't know if it will get to. I see seven and a half at one shop right now with a flat one ten uh, that I have, but most are at seven. So, but I don't know if it does get up to seven and a half across the board. Or, I'm probably gonna be putting a bet in on Pittsburgh here, uh, just because they do have a lot of talent and a lot of weapons on 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 offense. And uh, New England's uh, the Patriots' defense has been pretty shaky, or not shaky, but it hasn't been dominant by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't I don't think it warrants them laying seven and a half or seven points here on the road. So I definitely have a pretty strong lean to Pittsburgh here, and will most likely be on them before kickoff. Yeah, I think uh, I think seven and a half or seven even is just just too much I, i'm a big pretty big big ben fan in terms of uh being a good quarterback so i do think it's a huge loss obviously but what do you think, think he's worth yeah i would say i think six is right in the ballpark maybe maybe even seven i'd say slightly six, more yeah exactly yeah, six or seven somewhere in there and uh but then going back to you know simmons ewing theory when uh when a player team loses a, one of its star players for a game or so, they can kind of get a you know a big boost because everybody else realizes, hey, we need to step up our game. You know, we, we're going against maybe the best team in the league. We don't have our top dog here. We really all need to step up our game and and really perform well. And you can't do that over the course of an entire season um, because you know the, the players are going to revert back down to their you know normal level of play. But I think for a game or two, the supporting cast can kind of step it up and. You know, and really give us supreme effort. So, especially after got embarrassed last last week against yeah. Miami, just absolutely embarrassed. Yep, definitely. So I think you're going to get a prime prime effort here from from Pittsburgh's supporting cast, and and if if Landry Jones can give you even halfway competent quarterback play, I think you're getting a few points of value here. And as much as I don't like going against the the Patriots because I do respect them a lot, and I think they probably are the best team in the league. Um, you know, seven and a half is just a lot to be to be laying on the road against um, outside of, you know, the Ben injury, one of the top five probably teams in the league. So, and, and in a great spot for him. So um, I think it's just a little bit too many points and it's not one of those games, you know, I'd 
you know, bet my mortgage or anything on, but, um, you know, I, I just think, uh, it's worthy of a bet. And if you, if they lose by 30, you know, you just shrug your shoulders and say, wow, I was wrong on that one and move on and don't, uh, can't feel too bad about it. But I think if they play this game a hundred times, you'd probably be cashing, you know, 55 of them or so, which is your goal. I mean, every time you make a bet is to, uh, have one that's going to win more often than not cover that juice. So, yeah. So, and on, on top of that, I want to add uh, that that game last week with Pittsburgh and Miami. It, it was pretty deceiving. I think under that game, that was my ass pick of the week under forty eight, and there was actually some a little bit of support for the over from some even a sharp guy that I follow uh, in bet. So, like, I was a little shocked by that. But I mean, there was some pretty you know, a couple long plays and fluky plays, interception that Roethlisberger had early, and you know that led to a touchdown for Miami and. And then there's, you know, kind of fluky plays too where, you know, that kept it from, under, you know, staying under or just, you know, being a low-scoring game. But that total was definitely ended at 45, I believe, and it was definitely pretty pretty deceiving. It was pretty much dead nuts under the whole way. So, or not dead nuts, but, I mean, it was, it was a pretty clear under game. So that was pretty deceiving, and it was even closer than it almost should have been or the game was played. So I think I expect Pittsburgh here to be at, you know, I th- that's what I kind of expected from the week before is Pittsburgh's kind of looking ahead to this New England game, the, the Patriots game, and kind of overlooking the Dolphins because they're such a bad team, and that's kind of what happened. So I, I wasn't really shocked about that at all. I think a lot of people were. but So I think this will kind of be like the other time when they played Philadelphia and got blown out, and they come back, and you know what do they do on primetime? They come back and just you know Wipe go, go bananas. City. Yeah, yeah, go bananas. So I'm not going to say it's going to happen again here with New England because they're just a quality team, but I definitely see a, a pretty close game here even without Roethlisberger. And I'm, I know the public's going to be all over you know, Brady and, and the Patriots, especially now that Roethlisberger's out. So uh, I'm sure you'll get some value there, although I'm, I know the Sharps will keep it kind of in line with the Pittsburgh side. Yep, a step up effort that will hopefully slide under the number. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, now on to the Sunday night game. We got uh, Seattle. Uh, against Arizona, and my guess on this one was Arizona minus two and a half. Uh, this one I had Seattle minus two actually as a favorite, and Seattle minus one and a half is my power rating. Uh, it opened at Arizona minus one. The look at was Arizona minus one. So I thought I thought there'd be a little bit more support here just from where the public's going to go with Seattle. Um, but I I am seeing right now I'm seeing some one. One's with juice towards Arizona, the favorite, or twos, and then one and a half. So, yeah, pretty much one and a half and two across the board for the most part. And uh, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, they look pretty. They look pretty good on against the Jets. But it's like, what do you really? I think that's a game you either downgrade them or you don't really adjust them at all, just from a performance against a poor Jets team. And I in Seattle, they're in a pretty good situation against Atlanta. But I think Atlanta's a pretty good team, and they. That first half against Atlanta, they played pretty good, and I think Russell Wilson looked a lot healthier, and he looked a lot more dangerous. So this is a game where I actually like Seattle a decent amount here, and hopefully it keeps climbing. I mean, if it gets to three, I don't think it will. I'd be, I'm definitely going to be on Seattle, but even at you know two, and if it does get two and a half or something, I'm most likely be on Seattle too, which I know is probably going to be more of a maybe more of a square side, but just like last week with Atlanta, I think that uh, it worked out. So everything, you know, every, every once in a while, you got to just do what you think is right. Yeah, so I think Seattle's somewhat of a fraud, even though they're four and one. I don't, I, I think they win last. I think I think Arizona is a little bit too, though. I don't. They haven't, they haven't impressed me really much that all year. Oh, I, I was getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I was getting a little too a little too excited there. 
I know you want to defend your boy Pete Carroll again, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just I think Seattle jumping up and down on the sideline. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully you weren't doing that on your side of the podcast here. Um, <laughs> I just think I don't yeah. really believe in Seattle. Yeah, they've they've beat the Falcons, which I think is a good win, and they did basically blow out the Jets and the Niners, and you know then they they lost to the Rams um, on the road, and then they barely beat the Dolphins their week one at home. So I'd, they haven't really done anything to really impress me a whole lot and give them credit you know they, they are four and one but uh i could very easily see them struggling here um maybe not this week but sometime in the near future um and i don't think they're nearly the powerhouse they've been in years past where they're you know either the best team or up there in the top three for sure i think that four and one is a little misleading if you're going to start rating them like they were those years uh but then on the other side you got the the Cardinals, which, you know, they're, yeah, if anybody who's watched Monday night is going to have a really good taste in their mouth from them. So they're, uh, you know, hopefully going to be overreacting or, you know, liking them quite a bit. And I still think there's a lot of problems there. I mean, they beat the back-to-back weeks. They beat the Jets and the Niners. I don't know if there's two less impressive ones in the league right now. <laughs> yeah, and then before that, they lose to the Rams and basically get rolled by the Bills. And then they beat the, the Bucks pretty convincingly and, and I don't, you know, I don't give them a lot of credit for that. So they really haven't done anything to convince me that they're that good of a team this year. And even just watching the games, let alone, you know, the outcomes, they've looked, I think they looked, you know, decent last night. But other than that, they just haven't really, haven't impressed me overall. So I don't really like either of these teams. Um, I do think there's a little bit of line value, even though my, it was right in line with my guess where the line's at right now. I do think... Um, Seattle's probably a slightly better team, even though I don't really like them. So I think there might be a little bit of a line value on Seattle, but uh, I still, I just, I don't really like, I don't really want to bet either side of these, and uh, hopefully one of these teams looks really good so I can bet against them next week. It's kind of my, yeah, my I, skin in the game. Yeah, and I do want to, I, I, one thing contrary to my point with Seattle is Arizona does have a pretty good home field. We've got, got to be one of the top I'd say best five in the league, I would say. Uh, they do play significantly better at home, in my opinion. So, I mean, that's definitely factored in as well. But I just think, yeah, they have a lot of problems here. And I think I think the biggest thing, I, I didn't really, I was pretty low on Seattle too, but I think Wilson looks a lot healthier than he did before the bye week from you know a week ago or two weeks ago, if you want to say. So I think that was pretty crucial. So I think that'll be very beneficial going forward. Mm-hmm. So the last game we got here is the Monday night. Uh we got Houston at Denver, and in this one, my guess was Denver minus six. What did you have? They got a lot of uh, great primetime, specifically Monday night games. Uh, had Bears on the slate a lot, and last week Jets in Arizona, which was a seven-point spread or you know touchdown plus, and this one, um, also, yeah, I right heard, there. So I, had, I don't know if it was a conspiracy theory, you want to call it, but I heard that uh, ESPN just covering the uh, – deflate gate so heavily and the concussion stuff and everything that the uh the nfl got mad at espn and basically just gave them a just bevy of shit games which <laughs> i don't know if there's any truth to that but based on the matchups we've been seeing here i mean there might be something something to it yeah i, I wouldn't be shocked one, one iota but um yeah my what was your guess sorry i guess i gotta no problem i had uh, six okay yeah i had denver minus six and a half my guess my power rating was denver minus six which uh, is kind of funny. You keep getting power range where your guesses are at. And then um, 
the game did open from Westgate at Denver minus six and a half, where I guessed it at, and then the look ahead from the week before was Denver minus seven. And right now we're seeing some, even after that uh, great primetime win there with Houston, we are seeing some Denver support, uh, su- surprisingly. <laughs> um, just a sound win, if you ask me. But no, um, so yeah, not not too shocked at all. We're seeing a decent amount of Denver money actually moving from, well, through six and a half, and I'm even seeing sevens with juice towards Denver or seven and a half. So I'm not really shocked by that at all. Um, I, I, I do like Denver at six and a half or maybe even seven. Um, but yeah, now we're just at seven and a half. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna be back in Houston by any means, but I'm definitely not gonna be betting on Denver laying, you know, north of a touchdown. So I, I think they're uh, they've had a couple shaky games. I think two losses in a row. Uh, Denver, they, they're coming off the bye, aren't they? Yeah. Or no, yeah, Denver lost to uh, San Diego last week on Thursday night. So it's oh, on Thursday, that's right. They had extra extra rest. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what it was. Extra rest coming off extra coming off extra rest on a prime time loss like that. So I mean, I like Denver in this spot a decent amount, but obviously, you know, people already got to that and and, and jumped on the the line here. So I'm not gonna probably not gonna be betting on this game and another uh, another prime time game. We'll just be watching and enjoying another great matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think you gotta upgrade Houston significantly and getting by that indie <laughs> oh, team. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh at least give me my money back on that pick of the week last week. Uh no <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't be a whole lot more or less impressed with uh with Houston after last week and I mean give give Osweiler a little bit of credit. You know, at least he yeah, it took him three quarters to get it revved up against that defense, but at least he finally did, I guess. Maybe that'll well, spark takes- something going forward. Yeah, if they only just yeah, maybe if we play a lot of you know, overtime games or whatever, then he'll start getting really warmed up where he can you know show his talent. It only takes him a couple hours to get ready for the, the game. I think the one factor you're underlooking here is the Osweiler revenge factor. He might. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm thinking three fifty and four tutties against Denver in a homecoming game. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really. F- I, I think it's a good spot for for Denver. Coming off the loss, like you said, with a little extra rest, and Houston and that emotional comeback late primetime game on Sunday, and then traveling, um, I think it's a little bit of a decent spot there for Denver. And I don't, I don't really feel like laying seven with Simeon and their old line because I think their old line has been pretty shaky in the last couple of weeks, whether it's been Lynch or Simeon. Uh, they kind of been running for their life a little bit, and and uh, so I don't, I don't fully trust Denver. But this might be another one where you could tease Denver down to one. And uh, I think that'd be, you know, that'd be a pretty solid tease. I don't, I don't quite trust Simeon enough, or just the offense in general enough to, to say that's you know lock it up, tease it up and down the board. But I do think that'd be a pretty good teaser to to add to a lot of different teases if uh, you like going that route. But that's yeah. about my only opinion or my only take on the game for the most part, unless something drastically changes uh, from between now and next Monday night. Yeah, definitely. So. Anyway, um, so that's every uh, every game on the board here for week seven. And uh, now we're going to head over to the concept corner and talk a little bit uh, about overreactions and market movements. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner. All right. So um, one of the things is in this podcast, Rob's been mentioning uh, for every game here the last few weeks about uh, the look ahead line and I think a good, um, I don't know if I want to say starting place, but is when you look at the look-ahead line and where um, a mar- where the markets are originally projecting lines to be at or projecting teams, and then based on 
um, one game or a series of games. Um, you can look at how far the markets have moved their opinion on a team. And then if you think, um, if you think that it's warranted because there's fundamental reasons why the team's uh, ratings or for a specific game, why the number moved a certain amount, if you think that's warranted, then, you know, then it's fair, you know, it's good to take that information in, but you're not going to make any, any moves off of it. But if you think it's not warranted because, you know, there's a overreaction to a, a certain, um, game or a certain piece of information, whether it's an injury or not, then you can find value betting against the market movement. So, um, it as to better illustrate uh, that point, what uh, what were a couple of the look headlines that you thought were a little bit out of whack here this week, Rob? Well, this one wasn't out of whack, but it just moved. Uh, not as I don't necessarily agree disagree with it. I guess I should say, but the Green Bay uh, look ahead was minus ten. Green Bay against Chicago, and and then opened at eight and a half, so a point and a half adjustment. Tens a, a decently big key number there. I think the third third biggest key number so um not like i said i don't disagree with that just because green bay hasn't looked that good but that's uh that's a move uh but more okay, some ones there. that i so the, for for that uh let's take a look at that one for a second so that one moved a point and a half two points right in there and so we have to say okay well why did that move from so green bay played a game against dallas and chicago played their game against jacksonville and obviously the line didn't come down because Jacksonville or uh, Chicago looked so impressive in that loss against Jacksonville. That's not the case, clearly. So <laughs> <laughs> basically you're saying, okay, well, Green Bay was in a pretty good spot, had a lot of support against Dallas, and they couldn't get the job done. So we're going to downgrade them basically a point and a half, two points from where they were a week before. So now we have to take into account, okay, do you think that's warranted? Do you think that the Green Bay should be downgraded because of that effort against Dallas? And I think we'd both agree that, yeah, they probably should have been because we thought they were in a pretty good spot, and uh, they ended up just basically no-showing, and there might be some real fundamental problems with their team. So in that instance, we think the downgrade is warranted, and we said maybe it's not even gone far enough, so we still might even like uh, Chicago on that side. But at the very least, we think that move is, is definitely warranted. Yeah, so then um, – then- those you know, so the ones I agree with don't really they stick out as in a number standpoint, but from a logical standpoint, it definitely makes sense, like you just stated. But with the two biggest ones that stick out like a sore thumb are the Philadelphia look ahead, Minnesota, Minnesota at Philadelphia, Philadelphia's look ahead was minus one, and then opened Minnesota minus two, and now we're seeing it, we're probably going to get to three. So right there, you know, you see a three and a half point move, four point move. Um, well, I guess just just by, based off the open, you see three points right there. So if we're talking about concept here, so three points, and like I said, Minnesota didn't play; they were on a bye. So all we're judging that we're basically downgrading Philadelphia by three points, and there wasn't really any other key injuries or any other any other piece of information that would have moved that line to us based solely off of Philadelphia's last game there. So that's just, you know pretty pretty crazy that they can be moved by that much. And that's an instance where even if you don't want to jump on the Philly side or on the yeah on the Philly side there, it's a case where it's really tough to justify backing Minnesota there when you basically just lost potentially three points of value from where it was a week ago based on that one result. When there's no very very rarely is one result going to change justifiably change an opinion by three points. So even if you don't want to back Philly in this instance, it's just you're you're basically buying buying high or selling low on Philly. Either you're buying high on the Vikings or selling low on mainly selling low, I guess, in this instance on Philly. So it'd just be really hard for me to get to the window with the Vikings ticket based on knowing um knowing that overreaction. 
And and to further that point, I think that if this line would open at Philly and we would have not even seen Philly play at all and nothing, and they would have been playing last weekend, I'm pretty sure there would have been a lot of buy and it probably would have gotten bought up close to where it was now. Or maybe not quite as much, but you still would have saw it. I think it's just a bad look at lines when it comes down to it. It's just a mispriced you know, line. And they, I, mean, I guess it has partially to do with just putting too much stock into Philly. But, I, you know, someone like me and, me and Frank would have looked at it and said, you know, that's, you know, Minnesota should probably be a look ahead, should be about minus one or somewhere in that range. But so it could have a little bit to do with just a mispriced look ahead. But just from what, you know, it's Westgate's look ahead and Westgate's open. So unless they have a big change of opinion, uh, that just basically tells us, okay, from this last game, they're moving at three points. So we're, we did, we disagree with it, uh, whether, you know, at some at some extent, but you know, obviously they've corrected it now, uh, and that's kind of hard to stay away from the game. Yeah, just to quickly jump on that, there is a case where if you if you agreed with or if you disagreed with where they initially priced Philly at, and you thought that they were too high to begin with, and now the market corrected to where they should be, well, then you think that okay, now there's no value at all right now, and then you should either have a look ahead line bet of you know, the Vikings plus one in your pocket if you're really sharp, or at this point now you, the market's corrected itself, which efficient markets tend to do, and now you just stay away from the game completely. Yeah, and then um, one other big move uh, from the look ahead, Oakland at Jacksonville. Oakland look ahead from the week before was Oakland minus one and a half, and then opened that pick, and then we're seeing Jacksonville getting bet up to, to one or two. So, I mean, they're right there there's a, a three-point difference or one and a half from the, the look ahead to the open and a three-point difference at current line. So just shows you the overreaction from that last week. And then, like I said earlier in the podcast, it's I wasn't too shocked at all by the Oakland performance specifically. Even from everything I've heard from podcasts and else I listen to and radio, I haven't heard anything, hardly anybody bring up the weather factor, which I think that's a huge factor, almost more than the fact that Kansas City was in a really good spot the week before. So, um, yeah, I think just an over, a sheer overreaction here. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get some buyback here on Oakland. All right, yeah, that'll uh, wrap up this week's concept corner. Just uh, pay attention to, you know, whether it be look-ahead lines, um, just opinions in general on the markets on teams, or movement throughout the week. Um, be attention to, or be attentive to why lines are moving, and then whether you think uh, the reasons behind those are justified or not, and then also whether you think those are going to tend to crop up in the future. And um, there's certain things that you can just keep taking advantage of over and over again if they're getting over or underpriced in the market from week to week. And uh, finally here, let's uh, wrap up the podcast with our uh, AS Pick of the Week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, Rob. Well, you're uh, another winner last week for you on that Miami-Pittsburgh under, which brings you to a perfect 4-0 and on the year. Uh, what uh, where are you looking for this week to try to make it a perfect 5-0? I don't know. I was thinking about punting uh... – Punted my first option over no mortgage, but uh, right over towards uh, your team give you the honors here in the first pick if if you want, because I think we might be looking up similar games here. So I think I maybe give you the, the the tip of the cap. Nope, that's not how it works. You got the honors. It's, uh, it's <laughs> up to you. All right. Well, um, you know, obviously, I like Oakland a decent amount. I think we both do. Um, but I, I, I. I I guess I'm probably going to – the part part here is that the Rams is probably what I'm going to go with, but I see two and a half with juice on them or three with juice towards the the, uh, the favorite, the Giants. So I don't really know how we'd grade that one. Um, but I guess I'll go with the Rams. I don't know. What do you think would be the most fair to grade it at two and a half or three? I think, I think three is a fair number. The fact that you got it at three, 
and you can still get it with a little bit of juice. Um, I think it's a fair grade when basically it looks like here there's I even see a three minus one fifteen at CG, so I I think that's a three is a fair number. All right, yeah, I'll take the Rams minus three or sorry, Rams plus three then. <laughs> I was gonna say if you're gonna take minus three, you better get some juice for that coming your way. Yeah, I do seem to do that every week, but uh, <laughs> not not the brightest ball, but I guess I can just pick the winners is all. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more important in the long scheme of things, huh? Um, yeah, so what are you looking at? Well, um, you know, since uh, since you left it there, I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is here and <laughs> scoop up that Oakland plus one. So um, just I was one. I got a push last week with that Houston, so I'm one, two, and one on the year, so. Let's uh, try to get this Oakland here home to get back to 500 for me on the year. What? Uh, just curious, what was your second pick? Because that's that was probably my I was you know debating between those two because obviously I released them and then I also was a little bit on the the Saints. But what uh, what was your next pick in line? Um, my second pick. Had to dig a little bit deeper to the barrel, huh? <laughs> I would have been real tempted to do that Kansas City Denver teaser, but uh, I probably. Oh, yeah. And Chicago would have been kind of tempting too, but I think I probably my second pick. I guess I probably would have looked back to that uh, Washington Detroit over at forty eight and a half or forty nine. Okay. I don't know. Probably I don't know if there's enough forty eight and a halfs out there, but that would have probably would have been my second pick. All right, I was gonna say you got any replays? You know, replays released yet this week? All right, so we'll kind of to stay tuned for Frank's Frank's card here, see what he releases, and definitely with mine, I got a. a I got a few plays here, uh, you know, stirring up the pot. I'm waiting to release them in uh, the right time here once it boils to where I want it to. So I'll be releasing those here. So stay tuned on my page at uh, roundsports.com here later in the week. And, yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, that'll do her here for week seven. And uh, good luck on your pick of the weeks and uh, all the other all the other bets you got going this week, Rob. And uh, enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.